Welcome to the Insta Mama Show. Hi, this is Rachel. And this is Natalie. And, and we, we are the Insta Mamas. We are sisters with a podcast where we talk about everything from adoption, foster care, healthy, clean living, motherhood, and, and everything, everything in between. Thanks for listening. Hello. Hey, today we are going to be talking about sisterhood. Sisters. Yeah, but it's not in a fun way. Yeah. The sisters we're talking about today are nothing like Rachel and I. Yeah. We are sisters that like each other. Mm-hmm. But. And, but we recognize that it's very sad that there are some sister relationships that are estranged, you know. There's a lot of sisters who don't have the relationship that Natalie and I have, and it grieves us. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit about the story of Rachel and Leah in the Bible. And Rachel, my sister, is not like Rachel in the story and I'm definitely not like Leia. I hope that my eyes aren't weak. <laughs> so I mean I think they mean that she was not very pretty. But um but we kind of what made Rachel think of this idea, she called me and she said, You were thinking about how women are always in competition with one another. Yeah. Not just sisters, but women. Just in women in general. And how Technically, we're all supposed to be, as a human race, like sisters in Christ. If you're a Christian, you say you're sisters in Christ. You all belong to God and Christ, right? And mm-hmm. he has adopted us into his sonship. And as moms, as mothers, we really should have a sisterhood of motherhood. Like, we're in this together. And we mm-hmm. talked about this in past podcasts where, like, yeah. mo- I think it was um, Why Are Moms So Lonely? But back in the day, women used to do life together. They mm-hmm. washed laundry together, and they, they all went down to the river to wash laundry together. And they just they raised their children all together. And we raise our children very isolated in this country. And so motherhood is um, very lonely a lot well, of times. Well, and I, I was starting to think about it, too, because the other day I was on Instagram. And I've been feeling a lot of conviction with how much social media I've been having. And I'm sure every mom can relate that social media is so just sucks you right in, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of negativity on it. It's not all stuff that you should be It's putting. hard because there's good stuff too. There's I get a lot of parenting advice. Yeah. Good parent. You know, you always have to put it against the Bible and make sure it's not like just garbage. But there's mm-hmm. lots of positive stuff and inspiration. But it so easily becomes negative. Yeah, well, and I see all these things online, like, oh, sisterhood, sisterhood, like, we are all, we're all in this together, like, sisterhood, like, oh, let's build our online community together, and while I think that's great that there's this online community of support and love and people wanting to, at the end, it's a screen. You're interacting with somebody through a screen. And it's not the same. Our brains literally don't access information the same way on a screen as they do in real life. And, I mean, I love technology. Like, I am able to record a podcast and talk to people across the world and reach Mm -hmm. people and tell people our story. And we follow different adoptee families. And it's very encouraging. And even, like, special needs communities. I've learned so much from my social media, but I notice the groups that protect themselves, and they say this is a group, and they're very careful, they're, they don't allow any people to have negative comments about each other, you know, and those are the groups that tend to be good, but when you just have like thousands and thousands of people just 
writing whatever they think. I feel like women, we tear each other down all the time. We're like, your kid's not buckled in their seatbelt correctly in this picture. Or, you know, uh, your kid is eating peanut butter and jelly for lunch every day. That's not healthy. And we just see a snapshot of someone's life and then we hate on them. And you see that on social media all the time. And here's the biggest one. Not going to get super political, but just like vaccinated and unvaccinated. It has completely divided moms. And it doesn't matter which side you're on with that. Whether you're for it or against it, both sides of the spectrum is a mother trying to do what she feels like is right for her child. So to have this almost like civil war of motherhood. Like, you should do this, you should do that, you know. And Um, if we sat down and had a real conversation in real life, I think most of those moms would find that they have way more in common than they have and are way closer, you know, and their concerns are the same. And, um, yeah, I was just even reading this morning, there was, like, do you ever get, like, so sucked into comments and you're like why am i reading through yes i hate arguing with each other over these comments and it was about co-sleeping or not co-sleeping and some people believe that sleep training is so evil to do to your child and some people and there was this mom on here who just came out sleep training is just training your child to sleep in their own bed from very young age. yeah and she honestly just came out and said hey i had postpartum depression and i had postpartum anxiety i wasn't sleeping and even she's like i'm such a light sleeper even when the baby would stir it would wake me up so i had to learn how to put the baby in the other room and we had a monitor and we had a video monitor and her babies are so loved and thriving and her baby's like a year old now and was sleeping through the night pretty quickly and how many mamas want a baby who sleeps through the night yeah but then some other people have a baby that needs to eat every two hours and if you have to get out of bed walk into another room Mm -hmm. put the baby on you know and for us we we chose to co-sleep for an attachment thing because we had missed the first two years of our daughter's life Mm -hmm. and she had slept in a crib and she would cry at night and no one would come to her because she lived in an orphanage and so we had to make up for all that lost time so we probably co-slept longer than we needed to and it was actually kind of harder for me to put her in her own bed but it was necessary because we needed to have that skin on skin contact those mornings where we just loved on each other and just cuddled and um but that was necessary for what we needed at that time right now it's not really good to have her coming in our bed all the time because she's five now but there are some families that let him co-sleep in india they just cannot understand how we have kids in their own rooms. They think it's cruel to put children in yeah, their Yeah, that's rooms. what I was going to say. It's uh, You have to look at different culturals too. Cultural. Culture, too. because Cultural. Cul- yeah, I, I always cultural. Because even with our culture growing up in our home, we did share beds a lot of the time. Poor Natalie, we shared a room, and I'd always crawl into bed with and her. And be like, you have a bed. I, we could touch each other's beds. <laughs> And it wasn't close enough for but her. But I had to be in bed right next to her. And but so, our parents were really strict. We were not allowed to sleep in their bed. After yeah. we were babies, they didn't let it because they had, a, in eight years, they had six kids. Yeah. No twins. Mm-hmm. So every year my mom was pregnant and she couldn't just keep adding another kid to the bed. Mm-hmm. So once we were about probably uh, probably less than six months, we'd have to ask mom. She, they put us in a crib, and we aren't messed up for it or anything. Yeah, and we are so loved, but... She when, couldn't have all those kids co-sleeping with her. Well, and it's funny, because when Ariana was adopted, like, I was like, oh, I'd love to have her sleep in bed with me, but that kid never stops moving. She is a mover and shaker, and I'm like, okay, I can't... 
we're not going to co-sleep because well, aren't there some rules? And because before you adopted her, she was a foster child for a while. Yeah, and, and so in there's rules, of rules too. Care, you cannot co-sleep, which was hard when I had a baby who needed that like kangaroo care all the time, and then have to be like try to get her to be in her bed once she was asleep, and then get her up and put her back in my bed. And it would have in that situation been so much easier to just have her sleep with me, you know. But you have to follow the rules of foster care and, you know, and there's medically fragile children. Some kids, it's not safe for them to be in the bed with their parents because they have feeding yeah. tubes. So that was just like an example. I know we just went on a finish. Sorry. Tangent, we went on. But that was just like an example Maybe of. We should do an episode on coastline. <laughs> yeah. Women just tearing each other up. Mm-hmm. Like just tearing each other up. Or even I've had a friend say, oh, look at this cute picture of my kiddo. And they're and she's like, oh, but I don't want to post on social media because they're in their car seat. I'm like, why? And they're like, oh, because somebody's going to say, like, oh, the buckle's not in the right place. It's a quarter of an inch too high. It's like, oh, okay, mom. Instead of being like, because I I get the car seat thing. Sometimes I see car seat pictures. I'm like, oh, that's not safe. But there's, like, a time and a place. And be like, hey, did you notice X, Y, and Z? And, you know, I just learned. And coming at it from a place of humility is so much, you know. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's not my job to police a random stranger on the Internet. But if I see one of my friends and they post a picture and the kid is in a car seat wrong, I'm gonna come to them humbly and be like, hey, I did not know this till six months ago, but did you know that it's supposed to be this way? And they might be like, oh yeah, I do know, but I totally forgot. Or, you know, that day we were just running late. But you know, you have to come at it from a place of love. And that's why the story of Rachel and Leah just like totally, it's funny that it was written all the, it's not written, it happened all those years ago and then written all those years ago, but it's relevant to women today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many times in the Bible it was written so long ago, but like Natalie said, it is so relevant today. So we're going to take you back to two sisters. In Genesis, I think this most of the story happens, 29. happens in Genesis 29, but if you don't know the story, you should go and read the whole thing. We're also going to read a little bit from the Children's Storybook Bible, which is like an amazing Bible, especially I think for young kids, like just pre-K, mm-hmm. kindergarten, first grade. It's a really great um the reading level needs to be an adult reading it, but the the way that they explain the gospel in that it's that so a kids Bible beautiful because a lot of kids Bibles don't have the story of Rachel and Leah, and um, they have like the main ones like David and Goliath and the creation of the world, but the storybook Bible puts in a lot of stories that are just very beautifully written. It takes its own poetic license mm-hmm. but um so it's not word for word from the bible and but we'll link to it in the show notes because it, it's, it's definitely absolutely worth, even it's the worth artwork having. is so beautiful it's so like, beautiful and if so if you have a young one i i mean our daughters are four and five and they love it and so. i cry almost every time i read you know it's absolutely it. beautiful. but um the story is basically there's um a young man named jacob and his whole story is interesting but he had to run away from his own family because of Poor decisions he made um, and you can go read about that in Genesis as well but he um, ends up with his a family member um, Laban and he falls in love with Laban's daughter and her name is Rachel and she was described as being so beautiful she was so beautiful she was so gorgeous and he's like I just need to have her and Laban was like okay, then you need to work for me for seven years, and then you can have my daughter, like, Mm -hmm. and he said, but she was so beautiful, it felt like seven days instead of seven years. Yeah, it felt like no time was passing. So, honestly, this story is often toted as a romantic story, Mm -hmm. which is kind of funny. Um, It's really a story of how much 
God cares for women in times when they have like very little rights or agency and and because the story is really romantic in the beginning he works for seven years and he's ready he's like I get to marry Rachel and on his wedding night Laban tricks him and gets him really drunk and then puts you know they have to wear this wedding bell and Laban tricks Jacob into marrying Rachel's older sister Leah who is or Leah, 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 Leah. yeah. Leah. Ooh, how does the Bible describe? They say it? she has weak eyes, which is like <laughs> a weird. nice way or horrible way of saying that she was not pretty. Yeah, and that she um, just, you know, Rachel's the pretty one that everyone likes, and Leah was just kind of the forgotten one. And but her dad wanted to marry her off, and so he tricked. Um, Jacob yeah. into marrying her. And when Jacob went to him, he was like, how dare you? I worked for you for seven years. And he said, well, you know, we it's not a, it's not our custom to marry off the younger daughter before the older daughter. And he said, but I can give you both my daughters. You'll just have to work another seven years. And this Rachel. is what uh, I misunderstood the story when I was younger. So, like, imagine waking up and just the rude awakening, literally. You married the wrong sister, which is so awkward. Yeah. And, just, <laughs> oh. you know, God created this beautiful institution of marriage with one man and one woman and now we have man is already messing it up and having multiple wives and we see it with Abraham um mm-hmm. you know marrying his uh wife's slave and that's a whole well, other story that I think a lot of people will say like well the bible is okay with bigotry or not bigotry sorry when you marry polygamy them, polygamy the bible is all about polygamy and it's like just because people did that and that was the cultural norm did not mean that god condoned that because all. almost every time you see it happen in scripture it's accompanied by a ton of heartbreak mm-hmm. and misfortune and so people i read the story when i was younger that when laban says jacob you need to work another seven years that Jacob had to wait seven more years before he married Rachel. But if you go back and read it, he only spends like the marriage week with Leah and then he marries her sister right after that. Mm-hmm. So he still has to work seven more years to basically pay off a debt now. Yeah, so he but Leah to... didn't get any time with her husband. She didn't she even... that week or whatever the, the period was. There was no time for her to try to build a relationship or try to win him over, you know. And he... Her weak eyes weren't going to do it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's so sad. Like, she never even really had a chance. She's definitely the tragic character in this story. Yeah. Because... And it says, you know, it's it's very clear that she was unloved and that he definitely preferred her sister. But as the story goes on, we find out that um, God sees Leah in her her pain and suffering, and he um, provides her with children. And she even says there's one where she has a son, and she I can't remember which son she names him, and she said, because surely my husband will love me now because I've given him a son. And that just, like, breaks my heart that she thinks, like, oh, he's going to love me now because I'm going to give him a son. And You know, and, and I don't want to get all up a woman high horse here, but, you know, it's the men in the story that have turned these women against each other. We yeah. It's not in scripture, but we don't know if these sisters had good relationships growing mm-hmm. up, you know. Um, and maybe they didn't get along, but when their dad forced them to be married to the same man, they... Um, it caused animosity between them, bitterness between them, competition between them, and they they were at each other's throats all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And well, and I even think, like, when I look at that story, Jacob find out, finds out that he was tricked into marrying Leah. How would God have blessed him if he would have done the honorable thing and just taken her as his wife? 
mm-hmm. and loved her and treated her right and been like, wow, this sucks because I really wanted to marry this girl. But it's not like, you know what I mean? Well, and Jacob, you should go read his whole story. Listen. He wasn't like a class act. Yeah, he <laughs> was running away from his own family because he tricked his brother out of his birthright. But in honor, and I, tricked his dad on his dad's deathbed. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like he's this like amazing person but i even think about that like that could have been totally different yeah that could if he decided okay whoops i did this thing just happened to me i was tricked or you know what i mean or just i don't know i don't know what have been the right thing to do in that situation because i would have been like totally upset like oh my gosh it's the wrong person yeah but the way that he as her husband even though he was tricked it's not like it was much of a choice for her. She had to do what her father said. But the way that he treated her was just so wrong, you know? Yeah, but God saw her in, in her heartache. He saw her and he gave her children. And, and every time she would have more children, it seemed like Rachel would get more jealous and jealous because Rachel had a season where she was barren. Mm-hmm. But eventually the Lord saw Rachel suffering too because they were both suffering. Rachel was the pretty one and she was obviously loved and favored by her husband. But, I mean... We're sisters, and I just can't imagine having to share your husband with your sister. Mm-hmm. Like, how humiliating would that be? How angry, you know? Like, there's just so many things. And then to see your sister having all these sons, and you can't have a baby. Like, how, you know, how frustrating and Yeah, because Rachel, Rachel, as in the Instamama Rachel in real life. <laughs> the IRL. <laughs> the IRL Rachel. Like, I do struggle with infertility, and it is hard seeing my siblings have child after child after child. Like, that in itself is just hard. But then to see your sibling after child after child from the same husband, like, can the you imagine? The difference is you are really happy mm-hmm. whenever there's another baby announced. We're on the 11th grandchild now. Mm-hmm. Every time there's a new one on Rachel and I's family side, um, you're happy for them and yeah. excited for them. But... They weren't excited for each other. They were in competition. In competition. And that's what sin has done to women, Mm -hmm. I think, is it's put us in competition. And, you know, and the story goes on. So both women have some children, and... Um, but then they get frustrated that they stopped having children. Mm-hmm. And so for whatever reason, maybe they got older or whatever. The Bible's not super clear on this point. But they both marry, have their husband marry his, their slave or concubines. I don't know what you'd call them. A well, servant, a maid servant. Mm-hmm. So now Jacob is married to four women. And so um, Leah's servant, any child children that she has would be considered Leah's line. And any servant that... Rachel's any children that Rachel's servant has would be from her line. Does that make sense? Yeah. So anyways, he's Which is so sad for the servant girls too. Like they're pretty much just servants and their own children aren't being considered part of their But own you know what? Line. I think God is so good that he takes all of their children and makes them the tribes of Israel. Eventually yeah. those children become the twelve tribes of Israel. All the children from yeah. the four wives, not just the legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's God's graciousness to these women is Mm -hmm. that they're in a system that is so against them, which you could say that about us. Um, You know, I'm not the kind of woman that's like, the system's against women. But I do think there are systems of sin that we set up for ourselves that put us against each other. Yeah, you just see this whole story of how, like, God made this perfect world. He made it to be perfect. And then we bring sin in the world 
and it just messes stuff up. And then you see Jacob trying to do his own thing instead of not once did he seek the Lord and say, Lord, I've been tricked. What should I do? Oh, okay, Lord. Now my wife wants me to sleep with her servant. What should I do? You know, he just is like, sweet. I got four wives now. If they made this into a movie, it would be rated R because it's like there's treachery and... You know, all this stuff. But I love the, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Obviously, they don't go into all the nitty, gritty, dirty details yeah. of this story. And what I love, too, is, like, you're taking something that's so broken, that's so messed up. Like, that's what humans do. We just mess and mess and mess and make it so muddled. You're like, how can we ever come out of this and any good come out of it? And what does God do? He makes it beautiful. And I love, in the story... Um, I'm just going to read it straight from the Jesus Storybook Bible, but he, they depict it this way. Now, when Leah knew that God loved her um, in her heart, suddenly it didn't matter anymore when her husband loved her. The, okay, I'm going to start over. Sorry, I didn't read it. Um, now, when Leah knew that God loved her in her heart, suddenly it didn't matter anymore whether her husband loved her best or if she was the prettiest. Someone had chosen her. Someone did love her with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. And I just love um, how they describe her relationship with, you know, her sons and... and uh, well, and one of her sons ends up being the direct line to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So she ends up being the great, 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 however long grades goes up, grandmother of Jesus. Yeah, and so she she gets a special place in the family of God. And and Rachel, you know, sometimes when I read the story, not Rachel, my sister, but Rachel in the story, um, I think I... I've in the past villainized her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, she's so because I identified with Leah. I was like, not always the the pretty one that people chose first. You know well, what I mean? Neither was I. <laughs> we were both Leah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But you know, I see all the pretty popular girls, and I want to be like them. But you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm over always overlooked. But you know, I wish that story had been taught to me as a teenager. Like. That it doesn't matter if anyone sees you. And the thing is, it was a lie in my head that Satan was using to make me feel bad about myself. People did love me and see me and thought I was beautiful, but I didn't see myself that way. And now I do. I know that I'm loved by God and that I'm beautiful and Mm. and no matter what I look like. But if I could have understood that message that she understood at that point in the story, that it didn't matter that Jacob didn't love her because she was seen and loved by God. Mm-hmm. And even Rachel, you know, there, she's crying out to God. And is, is she the one that says, like, if you don't give me children, I'll die? Yeah. And then her <laughs> husband's like, gosh, who am I? Do you think I'm God that I can open and close your womb? Yeah. But, like, she was just so desperate. And I have been in that situation where I've just been so desperate. That's, like, on my knees. Like, Lord, either take this desire to have children away or give me a child, Lord. And it's like, who are we to be God? I mean, I just see that heartache for Rachel. Mm-hmm. And you know what's so sad about Rachel? Because she ends up not being like the greatest person. Like she lies and she steals from her dad. Steals and um, but this, she. The, the subtitle of the story could be like hurt people, hurt, hurt people. people. <laughs> yeah. Like she, like she, she gets hurt, hurt. So she hurts other people. It doesn't make it right. It's just. It's the human condition sometimes. Yeah. That's why we need God. It's sad because it's like her life was not the greatest, but then she ends up being described in the Bible as the one 
that they use in the Bible describe like kind of the mother of Israel, like Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they were no more. And it, that's mentioned a couple times in the Bible. Um, one of the examples is when baby Jesus was born, there was a king who heard about this prophecy of this baby growing up to be this great king. And we all know that Jesus was the king of kings. He didn't come here to be like a, a king political king. He was on the be throne. king of everything. And yeah. so Herod heard this prophecy and had all the baby boys killed. And in the Bible it says, and there was a great cry heard of Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they were no more. So she's yeah. referenced back as like a mother. And head. she gets a special part in the story because when she finally does have her first born son, it is Joseph. And if you know the story of Joseph, he ends up becoming second only to Pharaoh. And Joseph is the reason why the Israelites all move um, into Egypt and then eventually go into slavery and kind of moves into that. But during Joseph's time, he was the only person more powerful in all of Egypt than him was Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. He was um, brought really high and that's a beautiful story of redemption and forgiveness too. But um, so her line did go to be a very important part of Israel's history. But um, Leah, Leah is buried with her husband Jacob, um, who later becomes Israel. And this whole story, oh my gosh, we could talk about it for 20 Hopefully hours. this makes sense. I hope it does. <laughs> I know when we listen back to it, I'll be like, because I used to think that the Old Testament was really boring, but if you go and read the stories and take time mm-hmm. to learn the characters, you're like, this is like watching a soap opera. Oh my gosh, these people are so screwed up. I feel like I'm watching uh, the, oh, really? the Real Housewives of Israel. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Well, but, and how can we, when we're talking about this story, we started out, how can we relate this to stories in today? And I was thinking, even when you're saying mom's judging each other, mom's saying, I was thinking of that spirit of offense and how the Bible says love covers an offense. Yeah, and love covers a multitude of sins. And how we are so easily offended. And how we need to not be easily offended. Because it says love is not easily offended. And we're when we are, as women, are filled with, you know, the love. These women were not getting the love from their husbands necessarily. Mm-hmm. Their, their husband that they shared. But, like, <laughs> I know, isn't that horrible? Like, I told my husband we were doing this story. I'm sorry, this is side ground. But he, he's like, I cannot imagine a man who would want to be married to more than one woman. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, is that offensive to me? It's like, well, what is enough? Let's just put it that way. What is enough? But, it could be like Solomon and have hundreds of wives. Oh, my gosh. But, but you know, because even us today, our husbands aren't going to be good enough to always fill all our emotional needs and give us all the love we need. They're great, and they a lot of them are do really well. But if we're not filled to the overflowing with the love of Christ... We're not going to give that to other women. Yeah. We're just going to be bitter like these women. They were they were bitter towards one another. They were they were always um, scheming against one another. There's so many stories where they're like you know bartering with one another, and it's just like instead of having a sweet relationship with their sister, they were torn down in competition. In and competition. obviously nowadays most 
women aren't sharing a husband. Unless, well, it does happen. It but. does happen, but <laughs> I mean, the women in your community, you're usually not sister wives, um, especially in like a church community. We but are sisters. Yeah, We are sisters. And one thing that I love is there's always going to be something that someone says or does that offends you, but just to not even take on that spirit of offense and you'll be surprised what the holy spirit does in that other person mm-hmm. well and you know um gossip yeah in the in proverbs it says gossip is like choice morsels because it feels so good to gossip and we okay i'm not gonna say we i'm gonna only speak for myself well you can say i am no stranger to gossip we grew up that's what the aunties did we all got together around a table and we said <laughs> did you see what so-and-so is doing oh Have did you, you heard oh did you see the boat boots that so-and-so was wearing oh yeah, she wore those how- boots to a funeral and it's, it's like, like <laughs> oh my gosh and we you know just from the time we were little girls and that's just we grew up and women and you know when we're gossiping we don't think oh i'm tearing this woman down yeah we it's just, just it's like, oh, just fun talking. we're just being silly or i'm just really concerned about this person so that was the other way my christian concerns about them pray for this girl she wore these boots to a funeral no i'm just kidding yeah. <laughs> um, but you know we to. we gossip and it's something that rachel and i have been really um, convicted of in the last couple of years, and we've—I think we've been able to root it out with the help of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, God. and the help of a four-year-old, because mm-hmm. when they start to gossip and copy you, I'm like, "Well, it's oh, funny." One time, didn't it, we were like person. talking or something, and our my daughter was like, "Um, are you guys gossiping?" <laughs> and she like, and we're like, "Uh." What's even worse is when she doesn't like straight up call us out, but she'll come up and be like, "What are you guys talking about? Like, mm-hmm. I want to get in on this," and you're like. Ew, that's bad behavior. But then you're, you're like, ew, <laughs> I have bad behavior. Yeah. You know, and so. But I think that's the biggest way that, because we love that competition. So I think even if you're not intentionally doing it, when you're gossiping about another woman, you're tearing them down and it's elevating you. And you're feeling, you're feeling elevated, but really you're not elevating yourself. You're bringing yourself down to whatever level that is i think that's a a lie that satan tells women in this is you can get better yourself by pushing others down Mm -hmm. and that's just a lie we all are better when all of us are better if i take away from some other woman it's not going to make me better Mm -hmm. you know if i push my husband down and and make him smaller it's not going to make me bigger mm-hmm. you know well one thing that really stuck out to me when um i moved here about almost three years ago That's crazy. i moved here and i started hanging out with natalie's group of friends from our church that we go to and the first time i hung out with them i noticed that i walked away from the situation just feeling filled with love and i wasn't walking away from hanging out with my friends feeling kind of guilty and a little ick because when you're in the middle of it it is so it's choice fun to gossip it is and i'm not gonna lie because there's so many women out there that are like oh no i don't gossip i don't talk about people behind their back and it's like honey check yourself it's something that's very hard men do it too and we fall but. into it it's it's something we when, especially when all the sisters get together we just oh, love to gossip and we don't even realize we're doing it until we're way in, and then you leave the and you're like oh but even not just gossip like even just the negativity that sometimes we get in these pity parties when we get together as women and we oh, just yeah. complain. Letting our children victim make us into victims. Yeah. You know. You know, um, and I'm not saying like 
we need girlfriends where we can say, I'm having a hard time. Mm-hmm. I didn't sleep for three nights in a row because my baby wakes me up every two hours. Or whatever. We need women because men don't understand it the same way we do. We, mm-hmm. we need that camaraderie. You know, it's kind of funny that Rachel and Leah were going through the same thing. Yeah. They were both having periods of, of barrenness. They were both... They, were, they had so many things in common, but it never brought them together. It just made them fight each other more. Yeah. And I just think we focus on how we're so different instead of just leaning on each mm-hmm. other and how much stronger we are if we lift each other up, mm-hmm. you know, instead of tearing each other down all the time. And, you know, and sometimes we do offend each other. And I think it's important. Like, I, I have had friends where they offended me and I... I prayed about it and I said, do I need to, and I went and talked to them humbly and I said, you know, when you said this, it kind of hurt me because of this reason. And they always say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. But mm-hmm. now they know for the future, you know, you know, you yeah. don't know. You it might fixes be, the relationship. Yeah. And then we're closer than ever. But I think in our culture, we're like, oh, she said something offensive on Facebook. I disagree with her. Oh, she went to that protest. Oh, she, I'm, I'm done. And yeah. they just, we just cut people off so easy. That person's toxic. Yeah. You know, it's like, we say, there's that popular rule right now that's like, see that toxic person? We're walking, walking the, the other way. way. See, and I get that all about because we're learning how to set boundaries as adults too. When we have, you know, court. and there are some toxic people that should not be allowed in your home, you know, and there's, you got to pray about that and figure out what's healthy. But I think we're like, oh, that person disagrees with me, so they're a toxic person. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, that person said something mean one time, they're a toxic person. You know, and it's like, well, you know, we're all toxic people without Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We are all sinners. Not one of us is good. Um, Even Jesus, Mm -hmm. he wouldn't even put himself. If anyone could say they're good, I would say it was Jesus who never said. And even him was like, I am not good. No one is good. The only, you know, it only comes from the Father. It's only by the grace of God. And I think. um, Yeah. And, you know, like what you're saying, it's not letting things fester too yeah go talk to that person and even you know even with my own actual sister sometimes I have to be like a sister will tell another sister a thing and then it'll blow up and kind of turn into something and I'll finally call the sister and say hey I know this gossip's going around the family this is the truth this is what's actually going on I'm so sorry that I offended you please forgive me Mm-hmm. And and you know what? And then they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I blew it out of proportion. It wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. And then and then it, we started doing this and uh, where we'll say, if you have an issue with me, can you please come talk to me about it first instead of talking about it with someone else in the family? Because And I, it helps. Because it know? spreads like a wildfire. And if you're the one who's the offended one and you go to someone else and say, hey, this person said this and offended me, then that person's offended for you, so it adds fuel to your fire that's offended. But if you would have just gone to that person and they said sorry, then guess what? That fire is done and your relationship is fixed. Mm -hmm. But now you've brought other people into that, and so their opinions of that person who said the offensive thing is starting to change and it starts to fester, and it so easily can blow up. And that doesn't happen just in families. That can happen in groups of friends, too. When I hear so many women say, I don't have any female friends. It's mm-hmm. too dramatic. I can't handle them. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. And, and I can see why, because if you don't have Christ in the center of your relationship, you are going to be catty and competition and fight each other and all the, mm-hmm. the best and worst things of women we can be those things. And, but I feel like 
because I think about my friend group and we have people of every race and every background. We even have people that are super wealthy and people that are, you know, getting by. And mm-hmm. and I was just looking and thinking about my friends and praying for them and I was like, oh my goodness, what keeps us together? Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot. I mean, we're moms, a lot of us. But even like there was a period of probably five years where most of my girlfriends had kids and I didn't yet. Mm-hmm. And But we were all just really good friends. And, um, and I was like, what? And it's only the commonality of Christ. And you, you know, you don't have to look like someone, be the same skin color. Um, you know, if you believe and value the same things, you can have deep, wonderful friendships. And I just cry out for women that are lonely, that mm-hmm. want that, that they yeah. don't have that relationship with their natural sisters. But even, I think friendship should be like having sisters. I think, um, you know, we do it all the time. My I can call Rachel when I'm sick and she'll go pick up my daughter from school. And actually, so you know when you're making your list for um, who can pick up your kid from school, um, I have like seven people that are on that list (laughs) of women that I trust that at at a drop of a hat, I could call them and say, can you pick up my daughter from school? And they would go and do it for Mm me. And I hear from so many women in the special needs community, they're so lonely, they don't have friends and they don't have people they can trust. And I'm like feeling guilty almost that I have seven really good friends that I would trust to pick up my daughter from school. But here's the thing is I think we have to put ourselves out there. Like we have to keep trying. Because don't get me wrong, like I've heard women say, well, I've gone to a women's Bible study and it was just catty and there's these. So you know what? If you go to a Bible study and you walk in and the whole time it's just women gossiping with each other. The proper thing and the biblical thing to do would be to take the leader aside and say, hey, you know, I really want to continue because I want some good mom friends, but I this is making me feel really uncomfortable because... But I'm, too many times we're afraid to have conflict, mm-hmm. you know, and at that point, you know, if you go to the leader and they're like, oh, you're over-exaggerating, you're dramatic, then that's find a different group. That's yeah. not the group for you. I will tell you that, but most Don't of the time, up, though. <laughs> you know, and, and I was... I don't know. Rachel knew me as a teenager. I was a cause warrior. And (laughs) I was not gracious in how I called people out. You know, speak the truth in love. But, you know, oftentimes, if we're in a group and we start to gossip, I will start to, I will just put my hands up. Like, literally put my hands up. Like, ladies, I am so sorry. Will you forgive me? I I have a spirit of gossip right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is not productive. Can we talk about something else? Yeah. I don't say, but in the past, old Natalie would have said, hey, ladies, quit gossiping. You guys are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'm the worst. I'm leaving this group. I'm leaving this Who group. Who wants to start a new one with me? Not you, Susie. You were started this whole gossip train, so. <laughs> you know, but if I'm there <laughs> listening to the gossip, I'm part of it. And, and, um, and a lot of times, I'm even contributing to the gossip. Yeah. And so um, I, and it's not just gossip, there are other things, you know, judgment, even judgment in my mind, I'll be doing the drop off and I'll be like, well, that mom is late five days in a row. And then I'm like, why did I think that? Because yeah, I was pops that just, and I have to like repeat that and be like, Lord, help me to love and see people as you see them. Because then the next day I turn, and this is, I think the Lord's humor. The next day I'm super late. And then Rachel had to run and grab my kid from school because I was running late. And it's like, 
oh my gosh, I'm such a hypocrite, you know? Mm -hmm. But I just have to, I think if we just are honest with ourselves as women, mm -hmm. you know, we are not perfect. We make mistakes and we just need to like own up to those mistakes and say sorry afterwards. And if we are offended, we can't just go back home and complain and never try to make it better. Yeah, you know. It's awkward to be like, you know, I really like hanging out, but I stopped hanging out because it I was uncomfortable with this. You don't even have to say I was offended. You know, you could say I was uncomfortable when we were talking about this thing. And nine times out of ten, isn't it just a miscommunication? Oh, yeah. We had a friend. We were hanging out with a friend one time, and later on she, like, texted us and was like, Hey, guys, I'm really sorry because I felt like I was saying something negative towards this person, which I didn't even catch that she had. But just the fact that she was able to, like, come to us and ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgive you. But thank you. That's, like, the kind of women that you want to be around. That you know if, like, I'm just using this example. If Natalie said something about me that wasn't nice behind my back, that the Lord would work on her heart. And she could go to that person and say, hey, I shouldn't have said that about my sister, you know. Well, and, you know, sometimes because we are sisters and grew up together, we're kind of... I don't know what the word would be. <laughs> we tease each other. Oh, yeah. And we've even had to, like, in public do it and in front of our daughters do it differently because we know we're kidding and we're oh, not yeah. offended at all. But I'm like, oh, that might come off to, like, a, someone who doesn't know us as well. That might come off as kind of rude. So also, like, it's not rude. So yeah. let's just be beyond reproach in this one. Especially if that's, like, a baby Christian who's, like, just getting to know Is you. Is this how like, women treat each other? Oh, wow. Because it just, that just happened at Servi's birthday party. You remember you were, like, saying something. And I was like, that's not where it's from like you were referenced the bible and i was like that's not what it says and then we were arguing but like not natalie and rachel arguing and then i had to go back to her and be like hey natalie i'm really sorry and you weren't offended but it was good to go back and say hey i'm sorry when like, you did it in front of the other moms you're like i'm sorry that was was that okay and i and i was forgave her obviously on the spot but it was more for our kids to see us doing it and then also our friends yeah and um but yeah, and, and I think, but these relationships we've built over years and years mm -hmm. and years. Some of the girls in my friend group, I've been friends with for over 10 years. Yeah. And we've had fights and we've had periods where we weren't very close, but we came back together. And, I, you know, one of my closest friends, I believe we're as close as we are because I was offended by that person. Really, really offended by a thing that I deserve to be offended by. I know that sounds really self-righteous, but it no, was it was yeah. an unkind thing that was done to me. I went to the person humbly, told them how it had hurt my feelings, and I was much younger. I think I was like 18 at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and asked and said, you know, this is how this makes me feel when you talk to me this way and treat me this way. And the person was so humbled by it. They asked for forgiveness. They... You know, and we made up, and we were really good friends from then on out. And I you think, still are. You guys yeah. are still so close because we know, and and we'll go to each other and be like, "Hey, I don't like how this happened. Let's talk through it." Most of the time, it's not us offending each other. It's most like, "Ooh, how could that have been done better? Do you think mm -hmm. I was acting stupid? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I yelled at my kid in front of you. <laughs> like, I yeah. mean, a lot of times it's stuff like that. Um, but also, just you gave that person a chance to realize that when somebody offends you, you don't just write them off. 
Because you could have said, I'm just not going to be friends with that person because I don't like the way they do their friendship. And at the time, our friendship was, like, brand new. There, mm-hmm. We had not invested anything. It's not like we'd been friends for a long time. It would have been so easy for 18-year-old Natalie to be like, you know what? I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to go to that church anymore because if this is how people treat me at this church, then they don't deserve me. And I definitely had that feeling. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit convicted me even back then and was like, um, that's not, actually it was a sermon and the pastor had talked about mm-hmm. if you have a fence with someone, you need to go to them and work through it. And, and I was like, Oh, fine God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did it. And I am so glad cause that's one of my most precious friends. And I would be so upset if this person wasn't in my life. Mm-hmm. And you know, even with Rachel and I, we've offended each other in the past. Oh yeah. We've offended each other big time. And, um, we didn't <laughs> always walk the way we should. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we're biological sisters and that's one of the reasons we continue to be friends. But I feel like our friendship is deeper because of our relationship with Christ. It's not it's just because mm-hmm. we're sisters, you know, cause I know I can go to Natalie and I'll get a biblical churn from her like I'll get a biblical answer a biblical love I'll get all that from her not just because she's my biological sister but because she's my sister in Christ and honestly I value her as my sister in Christ more than I do as like a biological sister like her relationship to me as a sister in Christ is more precious than like our biological tie Mm-hmm. Does that sound bad? I'm like, but no, because I mean, I have friends that are like sisters to me and it mm-hmm. says a true friend is closer than a brother. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like when you have the commonality of Christ, yeah, it just cracked me up when I was thinking about our friend group the other day. Cause there's a lot of people who are like, well, how can I have a more diverse friend group? And they, they want their, you know, in our adoption groups, they want their, their children of color mm-hmm. to be around other children of color, which makes sense. But it's like, you know, if you just follow after Christ, all that stuff works out because mm-hmm. in Christ there's neither male nor female, Greek nor Jew, like the race, the differences don't matter anymore. Like you're all children of God that are loved by mm-hmm. God. And so you don't have to like, I don't have to force my friend group to be diverse. Like it's going to be diverse, you know, cause we aren't, we aren't friends because we go out for Margarita Wednesday or whatever. That's mm-hmm. such, but some people are friends because of that. That's a very shallow thing, I think. I want my friendships to be based on mutual values. We value raising our children in in the Bible. We value mm-hmm. we all go to church every week unless we're sick. Mm-hmm. That is, or you know on vacation or that's something. That's just a value. We but have. that's we all value church. If if the church is open, we want to be there if at all possible. Yeah, and it's not some religious thing. It really is. So you have somebody to do life with mm-hmm. and somebody to help you. And even that, you know, cause like you said before, so many women are just like, I just need mom friends. I just need, but if you're not willing to just keep trying, cause I'm not saying there every church is perfect and every church is where you should be because you have to be very careful about who you choose to have around your children, especially if you're a mom, if you're single, it's a little bit different, but if you're a mom, or if you're married and you don't have kids, it's a little bit different. But when you have children, you have to be so careful the influence that is being put into your children's lives. And it's the mama bear thing, you know. But keep trying. Like, if you've gone to a mom's group and, like, you didn't like it and you didn't. But here's the thing I will caveat on that. If you keep looking for this perfect group it's everywhere you go, it's, yeah, it's never. What you're never going to do is you're never going to build ties and you're never going to build roots. 
So yeah, you may find a church and you may find something that you don't like about it instead of just writing that church off. If it's a good church, the pastor will meet with you and you can go to the pastor and be like, hey, why do you guys teach this? My husband, when he was first going to our church, he had a question about a doctrine that was taught at our church. And do you know what? He went to our pastor and our pastor was so kind and explained it to him. And oh, like showed him in the Bible. Oh, this is what the Bible says. This is why we teach that. And he was just like, oh. And then he got to study it and take it in himself, you know. But it wasn't, if he would have just been like, you know, I really don't like that they teach this. I'm just going to leave the church. Mm -hmm. He would have missed out on so much deep-rooted things that he has and friendships that he has when I will say we are super super blessed what we have at our church is very special the way that people are genuine and love one another it it's hard to find and something you might have to try 10 churches before you get mm -hmm. it but this is what I encourage you most of the church growth in the United States is people changing churches it's not new converts it's not new people becoming Christians mm -hmm. and I want to speak specifically to the special needs parents community if you have a child with special needs, it is, I don't want to be dramatic because, but I will say it is harder mm -hmm. to find a place where you fit because, and I'm sorry if I get emotional, actually I'm not sorry if I get emotional, but it's harder because your child in a world where most children are one way, your child is another way. And it's so hard as a parent to see your child suffer. It's against our nature to see that. And so... You want to go to a place where people understand because your whole life is fighting. You have to fight for your child's medical needs. You have to fight for their spiritual. You have to fight for them to even have friends because so many of your kids are lonely because other kids don't know how to be friends with a special needs child. And so when you go to a mom's group or church, you don't want to fight anymore. Mm -hmm. But I just want to encourage you, just fight a little bit more. Fight for those friendships because, you know, I... There are other kids with, like, I guess you could call them mild special needs in our friend group. But my child is the only child with her specific level of needs. Am I saying that in a... Yeah, but do you know what's so beautiful about that is you're teaching the other moms. And none of the kids treat her differently. Mm -hmm. But they, they don't know how to interact with her, so we teach them. And they love her, and they go talk to her. She's nonverbal, but all the kids go talk to her. I love it that one day when you guys were all on the trampoline and... You were showing them her orthotics, and you were saying because they were like, like special braces that go on her feet. To help they're like, her oh, walk. make her take her shoes off, and you're saying, oh, she can't have her shoes off because she has to have her orthotics. But all the kids just sat around and listened to you as you showed them her orthotics, and, and none of the kids were like, she's breaking the rules by having her shoes on, you <laughs> know. But they, because they all have to take their shoes off to get on the trampoline. But instead of being like, don't treat my child, my child, you don't know how hard it is for my mm -hmm. child, because. I just, I slowed my body down because at first I was getting a little bit, but then I said, you guys, look, she has these special shoes that help her walk and jump, and so they would, the, the orthotics would rip the trampoline, and that's why she has to wear shoes with them on a trampoline, but I, I got to explain it to them, and they were so, they were just so enthralled, it was mm -hmm. like you gave them a little lesson, but then also, like, our moms in our group, one of our mom friends the other day, like, asked her, like, oh, how do I say thank you in sign language, or how do I say good job in sign language, or... Um, they'll ask you like, hey, does Serbi like this? Or is this something Serbi is okay with? And so you're teaching other moms 
who don't have children with special needs how to be supportive of moms with special needs. And I forget, because it's so normal in our friend group now, but I forget how like unique that is and how special that is. And uh, you know, a couple of, you know, our children are all better off when they're friends with someone who's differently abled than them. Mm-hmm. Because it makes them slow down and see the world in a different way and see that not everyone has all the privileges that our children have. And because I'll even say my child has it so much better and mm-hmm. many every time we go to the children's hospital we see 10 kids that have it worse than my kid yeah. and i'm not to be like oh and you know what i always do with those moms is i just talk to them like normal people and just try to extend some of that love um because i'm so loved my cup is so full because i have such healthy wonderful girl friendships Um, that I try to bring other people into that and I'm always trying to invite other people and it's sad because some people say I don't want that well because it's with the church I don't want it with the church and it's like I'm sorry when they're looking for groups I'll say oh I have this really great women's group I go to there's childcare, and and they'll say oh I don't want anything religious and and they're like I just want a group of moms where we can drink wine and event and I'm like you you say you want that, but you don't want that. No one is going to leave that conversation feeling better than when they got there. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes you need to talk about what's going on. I know. I need to talk about my child's needs with someone who understands me. It's it's so cool to be understood. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to just sit in a support group and whine and yeah. complain. Like, that doesn't make anyone feel better. And I don't want to be judgmental to other people because I know that sometimes you do need to vent. You do need to but- have you ever been on the receiving end of somebody venting for like two hours and you're just like okay like this person doesn't want to help my help they just want to complain and maybe they they needed that and so you were that person for them but if that is a consistent thing every time you hang out you dread like oh I'm gonna hang out with this person they're just gonna complain about their life wouldn't you so much appreciate a friend that comes over and is like hey let's talk and I'll do the dishes while we're talking Mm-hmm. You know, that's something lifting. And then you can still talk. And before long, you're like, oh, it's so easy to talk about how hard it is. But what if we just, like, lifted each other up and been like, oh, my gosh, Rachel. I love I love how Rachel is okay with mess. She lets kids, like, play with sand at her house. Mm-hmm. And she'll fill up a bucket full of soapy water and let the kids play. And I'm like, I don't have any tolerance for that. I don't know how you do it. But then, like, I'm a different kind of fun. But I love how fun Rachel is. Whenever my daughter comes here, she gets to do crafts. And Rachel's not afraid of getting paint on the table. And I'm just, like, stressed out the whole time. (laughs) But then, you know, there's things that I do that are more fun for other kids. I don't know what they are. Well, no, but you can, like, organize things and command a whole class. Like, you teach college kids, and that, like, terrifies me. I'm like, how do you entertain college kids? (laughs) Well, <laughs> I'll give them a bad grade if they don't laugh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but just, yeah. And one thing that's cool, too, is then you're setting their precedent in our group. Like, if another mom who's a special needs mom comes into our group, then the group already knows, like, oh, we can be more sensitive to this with their kid. Or we can be, or, you know, we don't have to play the music so loud when we have all of our friends together. Or When people ask me, why didn't you come to this thing? And I'll say, oh, because my child with special needs cannot tolerate music that's that loud. Mm-hmm. And people don't think about it. Like, um, you know, it's the I use the wheelchair analogy because it's the easiest one to understand. Because my child doesn't look like she has special needs all the time. Like, once you take time to get to know, it's pretty obvious. But um, she doesn't, like, look 
like she needs a lot of extra help. But like a kid in a wheelchair, you'd say, oh my gosh, it would be cruel to ask a kid in a wheelchair to climb stairs. And if you saw a kid in a wheelchair trying to open a door that didn't have a, a, a you know one of those buttons or whatever, you would rush and open the door for them. Mm-hmm. But with a child like my child, you can't always see how they're struggling and you don't always know how to help them. And it's uncomfortable if you've never been around children like that. And so, um, but you don't think about the stairs. If you're walking upstairs and you're perfectly able, you don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. But if you have a wheelchair, you know where every stair is in every building. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like that when you have special needs. So if we are friends with people that are in a wheelchair, then we're like, all of a sudden, we notice how slow the elevator is when we have a friend in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we notice that there's a little bit of a lip to get into the door. Mm-hmm. I would have never noticed that before I had a friend that was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, that's just an example. I don't know. I'm not getting off topic. but Oh, that's fine. But just, yeah, I mean, it all comes down to supporting each other not being in competition with each other and and it's we all are better off for it yeah the holy spirit showed me this picture because i was feeling kind of guilty because i kept seeing it all the time on social media on a mom's group i'm in these women kept saying i'm so lonely i need a friend group and i i'd reach out to people and invite them to stuff and they'd be like oh i'm not interested and they'd be like and i, I was just like lord why don't they want this and I, he showed me the, an image of a fire. If you've ever been at a campfire, mm-hmm. and there's like a circle of people, and if you are in the inner circle just around the fire, you're warm. Everything feels really good, mm-hmm. but if you step even one foot outside of the circle of the heat, how cold it is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's so many women that are, they can see the fire, they see that it's warm, they see that the people around it are happy and warm, they're like I want that and they just need someone to take their hand and pull them into the inner circle mm. and we what if you could be that woman for someone mm. and you know people you can't force them to be your friend I mean <laughs> I've tried <laughs> adopt an introvert that's what extroverts yeah. <laughs> it's like how do introverts make friends they get adopted by introverts <laughs> but um but all I can do is instead of just hoarding the love I have these amazing friends that just love them and say oh I don't want to share them you know, it's funny because we have small group. We had this big small group that was all together, and we all loved each other. It was just this love fest, but we broke it into smaller small groups so we could invite more people. And all of us were sad because we're like, now my friend's in a different small group than me. But I loved it because no one was, like, actually sad. We were all, like, fake sad, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But we were all happy because... Now we were in two smaller groups so we could invite more people into the... Yeah, you get to invite people into that love. But we were all sad because we all loved each other and loved being in the same small group together, but we were just getting too big. And so now we get to just, we get to split up and now we are small enough again that we can invite other people. So I know we kind of went off on a tangent there, but the main point with Rachel and Leah bringing it all back together is that they could have had friendship and camaraderie and motherhood and camaraderie in their pain and their suffering but instead they had bitterness and competition and competition and pain and so i just i we just want to encourage moms put yourself out there i know it is hard but the relationship is so worth it if we can just put down all the things that make us different all the things that make us angry and just love each other yeah who we are where we are and as good as like that whole sisterhood and finding each other on social media and having that following and all that there's nothing that's going to be more real 
and more authentic than a face-to-face person. And you know what? It's just loving people through their offenses. Mm -hmm. Love covers a multitude of sin, and love covers an offense. So, yeah, we just encourage, we love you guys, and wherever you're listening, we just encourage you to get out there, find a mom's group, um, and be willing to work through the things that are hard and the things that make us different, and um, we just want to encourage you, and if you're lonely, if you're struggling to find friends, please reach out to us. We'd love to help you brainstorm ideas and just work through it, because uh, it's life without the sisterhood, you know, we can have a, the most amazing uh, husbands and have a really good friendship with our husband, but if we don't have girlfriends, we're missing out on, on so much of what God has for us. Yeah, and if you're in our area and you would like a small group to go to, we have a couple. Yeah. Because ours had to break up and Rachel and, I were, <laughs> Rachel and I were separated, but for a good reason. It was such a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. It kept getting bigger and more women kept coming in and becoming our friends and now we just have such a precious friend group, and we love each other so much. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's all because God loved us, and God saw Leah in her pain and suffering, and God sees you. And he created a nation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I hope this all makes sense when we put it together. I know, it's funny because I'm like thinking about how we went through the Bible. So maybe just if you just read Genesis, just read Genesis. Just go all through the early families, and you'll you'll just get a cup of coffee and be like, "Oh my gosh, wow. this is dramatic! Oh my gosh, I don't need to watch Days of My Life today because <laughs> I read Abraham and Sarah's story." <laughs> but um, you guys are wonderful. If you want to learn more, obviously you can catch us on all the social medias. But um, Insta Mamas Nat and Rach and on Facebook and Instagram and InstaMamas19 at gmail.com. and uh, we love you, sisters. Yeah, thanks for listening. You always end it with thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.